back to the Masters of Modern slash MMCast podcast. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Marshall James. I was waiting to see whether or not, uh, as the person who edits the show regularly, there have been several episodes recently where I'm like, well, he called it Masters of Modern again. Ah, the fans yeah. get it. <laughs> I've, I've been doing this for six years now, and... Uh, I can barely get things changed when I just learned them. So, uh, <laughs> um, yeah. welcome. Coming up on our 300th episode. What, what episode here are soon. we on? Do you know? I don't know that. This is, this is, this will be episode 291. Ooh, we're nine episodes out. We're going to end the year at 300. So, for those who don't know, Marshall, uh, is the producer and editor of the podcast. Uh, there was a period of time where we were all doing this live in person before the dark times. Uh, and he was on a bunch of those episodes and, and visits and is often on the streams we do and uh, is here today. And today, uh, Ben is not here. Uh, ben is is taking a, a, a day off because we're doing uh, we're going to be going through Commander Legends and going through each of the legendary characters and talking about a what type of deck we would want to make in Commander with them uh, and or mm-hmm. so spicy uh, if we would like to see any of them in historic or modern. So so because of the way modern and historic now function with uh, modern having modern horizons come out once in a while uh, and historic having in historic anthologies, these are all cards that theoretically could be reprinted in either of them. And if there's any of these that we think would be really cool to add to those formats, uh, we're going to talk about that as well as what commander decks we would build with them as commanders or if we even are interested or if we're like, no, this is trash. I have no interest. So we're going to go through all the legends and talk about the ones we like. We're going to do a thumbs up, thumbs down policy. And if we have two thumbs up, we'll talk about it for a bit. If we have uh, a thumbs down and a thumbs up, one of us will talk about it. And if we have two thumbs down, we're going to just make a loud alarm sound uh, and, <laughs> and talk crap about it or something and be mean and then move on. <laughs> um, well, we'll just be, we'll be rapid yeah, fire yeah, yeah, here yeah. because uh, according to Scryfall, there are 117 legendary permanents in uh, in this set, but there were 71 brand new unique legendary yeah, yeah, permanents well, in this set. Skip, so a lot of ones to get through. all of the ones that existed in a time before this. And I'm going right. to skip anything that's not a creature. Totally. Or... Planeswalker, right. because those two Planeswalkers yeah. should be used as commanders in this set. Um, yeah, so we're talking about the 71. There are 40 new partners, 30 new multicolor uh, legends, and one Prismatic Piper. And that's the 71 that exists. Uh, speaking of which, Prismatic Piper number one. Uh, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. I have things. Oh, you don't want to talk about it. All right, I'm going to go quick. Uh, this... We did talk about this card a while ago, so we can go quickly. Uh, this card, mostly just want to talk about why it exists. It's cool that this is a basic creature, that this is like the first creature ever printed and limited that you get access to regardless of if you open it in a pack. Um, and just like the way that this card exists is really fascinating. Obviously, I think like what they have found is that it's there more for your uh, stress levels than it is for your actual likely to play. I think it was played once in all of their play testing and probably will be played once in a while. Uh, like if you like just get really good blue, but never get a blue companion legend and you just need to be able to play blue with what cool cards you got. Um, but yeah, no, uh, this card is just, and our art, artwork is gorgeous slash terrifying, uh, which is like straight up Seb McKinnon's main vibes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Cool. Yep. I I don't know why they felt like oh we'll waste some of the nicest art in the set on this card that only exists for a very rare limited deck, but you know it's a basic creature. I'm I'm glad at least we that have it a exists. Basic sure. creature. Basic creature exists, which I think is cool. Uh, 
It's basic and yeah, legendary. It's got multiple character creature types. All right, let's get into stuff. A chroma vision of Ixidor. Five white, white legendary creature angel flying for strike vigilance trample at the beginning of each combat until the end of turn. Each other creature you control gets plus one, plus one if it has flying, plus one if it has first strike, and so on for double strike, death touch, haste, hex rip, indestructible, <gasps> lifelike madness, protection, reach, trample, vigilance, and partner. A chroma also has partner and is a 6 6. So. Oh, okay. Doesn't want to talk about it. I'll just, I'll just say quickly that, so I'm not super duper excited about Akroma necessarily. I do like Keyword Soup. Uh, I had, I've had a lot of fun with Cathril, the Keyword Soup commander, but, um, and I think Akroma is cool in that she interacts really well with one of my favorite legendaries in the set, which is Rograk, son of Rogah. Uh, she gives Rograk son of Rogah plus four plus four, so you can have a four five first strike menace trample free creature if you and you teaming those two up uh, gives you actually pretty cool access to keyword soup. So I think that would be if I was ever going to build a Chroma, it would be a Chroma Rograk for keyword I think, soup. I think my issue is just very 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 expensive, and like if you're spending that much money, you could get Elishnorn and. But, yes, without partner. But it's Elish Norn that gets to come yeah, with a partner. Yeah. Um, I will say... And it is at the beginning of each combat. So she's basically just... This is... She makes her creatures real huge on both your turn and your opponent's sure. turn. And, so. and if you get extra combat steps, you can do some fun stuff with that as well. Which there is a legend that lets you do yes. that, maybe. And Aurelia, Aurelia, the war leader, and Morag would go into yes, that sure. Akroma Rograk uh, deck. So. I am also really hyped that uh, we finally get Akroma pictured in artwork with knives for legs. Uh, so she has sword spear legs as like a character trait of hers that's existed forever, but has never actually been pictured. And now we get the, the sword legs. Yeah, huh. uh, I did not yeah, realize yeah, yeah. that. A Haru Solemn Ritualist. Four white legendary creature human monk. 3-3 three, three, when Alaru Solemn Ritualist enters the battlefield. Put a plus one plus one counter each of the two target creatures. Whenever a non-token creature control with a plus one plus one counter and dies. <sighs> Create a one one white spirit creature token with flying. <sighs> I'm going to quickly say something. Uh, this is cool in decks that want to do sacrifice plus one, plus one counter things. I don't think there's a lot of commanders that let you do that. So the fact that it does that is cool. That's all I'm going to say. Moving on. <laughs> um, uh, it's five mana for a three, three. Ardine Intrepid Archaeologist. Legendary core scout, three and a white, two, two. At the beginning of your combat on your turn, you may attach any equi- number of R's and equipment you control to target permanent or player partner. This gets big thumbs Go up for it. me. Okay, so... Arden Intrepid Archaeologist is a massive ramp spell for white. Um, the amount of free mana Arden makes you every turn is uh, not to be underestimated. Like the fact that um, it can just put a Colossus Hammer on one of your dudes for free. Uh, like you can go turn. Like I've also been playtesting a deck that teams up Arden with Rograk, son of Rogah. Because it turns out when you can go like turn one Colossus Hammer, turn two, cast Rograk and a. Sword of the Animist, and then turn three, play Arden. Equip both Sword of the Animist and uh, Colossus Hammer to Rograk, who has Menace and Trample, by the way, and then just crush in. Um, I just think it's really cool. I also like that it allows you to move enchantments around and also move the enchantments to other players, so you can play Arden as like a Curses deck. You can also play Arden as an Aorus Black white, yeah, black white, or or Mardu, or uh, curse curses with, uh, yeah, yeah. You could team team him up with uh, uh, Vile mm-hmm. Smasher and do like Mardu curses. Um, 
And also, one of my favorite old, old back in the day when it was still EDH commanders was Kitsune Mystic, which flips into Autumn Tail Kitsune something. And it was one of those flip legends from Kamigawa that it flipped when it had two auras on it, and then it allows you to pay one to move auras around. So you could play like a cool like aura swapping mono white game. And so I love that Arden kind of allows you to do it for free. Um, so I think I think this card is really cool. And I've played with it now several times. And it's like definitely even when you have to recast it again for five mana, it's still worth it because then you get to like cheat on putting Helm of the Host and all these things on. It's I'm, I'm really excited yeah, about this. Yeah, one. yeah, that's really sweet. Uh, next card is Keleth Sunmane Familiar. One in a white legendary creature horse. One, one. Whenever a commander you control attacks, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Cool. Uh, Livio Oathsworn Sentinel. Oh, we'd thumbs down. I guess we should say what we're doing because this is an audio podcast <laughs> at times. Uh, That's a thumbs down for thumbs me, down dog. Thumbs down for me, dog. Uh, Livio Oathsworn Sentinel. One white legendary creature. Human Knight 2-2. One and a white. Choose another target creature. Its controller may exile it with an Aegis counter on it. Two and a white. Tap. Return all exiled cards with Aegis counters on them to the battlefield under their control. Um... I guess I can thumbs up this, but it's a, it's, a, it's a soft thumbs up. Okay, yeah, we can talk about it. Cool. Um, this is kind of a blink commander, right? Like, this is per- the purpose of this is to create, like, ETB effect trigger opportunities while also letting your opponents, like, save their creature from removal if they're important to exist. Like, it has, like, some weird group hug capabilities. Otherwise, I'm kind of confused. Yeah, I mean, it, you're definitely not meant to use it um, offensively, but it is cool that it's essentially a political commander that allows white slash X to play around in the blink space that like Rune of the Hidden mm-hmm. Realm plays in. Now, it's a lot more expensive to do it, so you want to play some sort of discounts. Um, and like Livio doesn't immediately tell me what I'm supposed to mm-hmm. do with it, which I kind of dig. I, I bet it's really fun to play around with in limited. Like I'd love to open Livio and then draft the ETB, mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. the ETB triggers that are in the set, like blinking your mull drifter and any of the cards that grant you the monarch when they enter the battlefield. Like what? I dig it. Plus Livio is from Fioria, which is Queen Marchesa's plane. So what's, what's cool is, I dig the Fiora. What's thing, cool you know? is that he can like kind of do this thing where because he's a commander, you can exile a bunch of stuff before a board wipe or whatever they're going to die. He'll die, go to your command zone, and then you can recast him and then use his ability when you untap to bring it all back. And because he only costs two mana, you can kind of do that pretty inexpensively on the second run through. So that is a cool thing that he has the capability of doing. And plus the ETB effect kind of triggers. I think they're, I think you're going to play against a Livio deck in your life and it's going to be dope as AF. Uh, like it's going to be really, really, really yeah, cool. As long as it can do its thing, you'll yeah, be I'm impressed. Gonna be like, oh, great. Okay. You did it. <laughs> I don't want to be the person to do it with this card specifically, but when the person who does it, does it, I'm going to be hyped. The only other thing I could say is that, like, if you're wanting to play, like, in a CDH world or a world where you're trying to play with heavy commanders, like, 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 partner commanders are just, like, that good, he might be one of just the best, like, this is a generic white card I can add to any deck to make it good, because it, like, just has, like, a weird utility ability and is really inexpensive. It's only two mana, and so, like, being able to put, like, have this as the thing that adds white to 
vial smasher or something along that lines that lets you just like save your creatures and take advantage of blinking things and uh like forces your opponents to choose if they want to exile something for whatever reason that you could be like i'll bring it back i promise <laughs> is like a cool yeah it's like a cool like maybe utility creature that's like just wonky enough uh prava of the steel legion legendary creature cat soldier two white for a one four as long as it's your turn creature tokens you control get plus one plus four Four mana, create a 1-1 one, one white soldier creature token. I'm going to thumbs up here real quick. But it... Okay. Um, I, I'm not as stoked, but more just like I know Shivam is really stoked for this card. I think the fact that uh, Shivam Bot, who you guys should all follow on Twitter, he's great uh, on the Commander Advisory Group and guest of this podcast. Uh, he The fact that it's like a really cool soldier commander that also can act as like a cat commander and it has like this cool like make big butts ability um, that's like permanent on tokens i think it's just like it it lets you play in three different spaces that are pretty unique for a commander that like this gives you options i don't i don't know if any of these are like high tier powerful but i definitely can see people like brewing in this space because it does allow you to do stuff that is cool to be able to do in the world of partners yeah i i'd like prava is one of the interesting commanders in that it is both very cool in the 99 of a lot of decks like tristani decks are rejoicing like prava giving all your like a deck that both cares about toughness and tokens like prava's all about it but then someone also pointed out that you now have a different way to build abzan butt fight where you don't have to have doran the siege tower as your commander you can have prava and ikra shidiki mm. and now you're like gaining a bunch of life you have all these big butted tokens so then you can play all the big butt removal spells and you have access to you know um assault formation and all the all the the majority of all the butt fight cards um when you splash plus, it like plus that it what what Prava lets you do in that deck which is cool is it lets you play more of just like a good token strategy in abzan in which that sadiq i'm never gonna say her name correctly but uh uh yeah, Ikra Shadiki, um gives you like will benefit because your other commander just makes all of your tokens really big without having to just like find weird big butt cards to have to play with. Um, so it lets like I like deck that let you play in a strategy with each other that doesn't force you to play with bad cards. Right. And then and like classically, I think big butts often is like my deck's terrible unless I have the things that make these walls do damage and attack. And this is like, no, you can play with good cards that let you take advantage of big walls that are good, but then just play with a bunch of really powerful token ma makers and they'll also be good in this deck. Um, right. And so now with if you have like Prav uh, Prava and Ikra Shadiki, then all the black white cards that make like black white spirit tokens, like having a whole air force of two fives is uh, nothing to right. sneeze at even long before you get a butt right, fight card right. radiant sarah archangel six and a white legendary creature angel flying tap another untapped creature you control with flying radiant excuse me sarah archangel gains protection from the color of your choice until end of turn six four partner i'm gonna thumbs down uh only comment is i'm gonna thumbs I'm down sad i'm thumbing down on the the like legendary sarah angel but uh here we are uh rebecca architect of ascension yeah. this is the last mono white card three and a white human artificer artifacts you control protection from each converted mana cost among artifacts you control partner she's a three four i mean i'm a thumbs up because i already have a deck built with her <laughs> oh yeah yeah and i was very impressed if if y'all haven't checked out our uh Commander stream from last week, uh, Kess played Rebecca paired up with Silas Wren, and I think when I had initially seen Rebecca spoiled, I misread because I forgot that they brought back protection. 
for a while they'd gotten mm-hmm. rid of protection right. as a keyword. They weren't using it. And they were trying for a while hexproof from instead of protection. Um, which hexproof from is, is still good, but not nowhere near as good as protection. And so I think I assessed Rebecca in my head as giving hexproof from. And Got I thought, it. okay, that's all right. It, she's whatever. Um, but uh yeah, no, protection is really huge. Playing her in a deck with artifact creatures is uh, can get pretty yeah, nuts. Yeah, especially because I like built my deck to be really low to the ground, so it, it was a kind of like I wanted to make salvaging station the deck, and so like uses Silas Ren as like a salvaging station itself and a bunch of other things, and is playing a bunch of like zero, one, and two drops, and so like by turn four, I like can play Silas Ren and then Rebecca, and now the deck basically has protection from one through four, one through three drops, and then that doesn't even get into account the next few turns where I'll play a four drop or a five drop or a six drop, and it becomes like really difficult for decks to like interact with what I'm doing, um, and like it to the point where like Ben had to like multiple times do the math on a uh, uh, it wasn't an earthquake effect, but it was like an earthquake effect, uh, and and. And like it was rolling, it was rolling, yeah, it was rolling earthquake. earthquake, and he like did it, and he was like, "Oh wait, no, I have to add one." And then I was like, "All my things have protection from seven. You have to add one <laughs> so more." We had to, like actually. put nine mana into yeah. it because I was able to like Phyrexia metamorph a Aurelia, not Aurelia. It was a uh, Gisela, Gisela Blade, Blade of Gold Knight. So it was like the seven mana of rolling earthquake he was trying to cast needed to be eight mana, and it, and then at the time that made it so he took like whatever eight times two times two 24 dan- or no 32 damage <laughs> to his face Cause, yes because you had Aurelia yeah. and i had, yeah, uh, you should all watch this episode the, the whole episode is actually really nuts yeah. there are like multiple things that happen that's episode's bonkers. pretty bonker yeah um, i it was a it was a very fun game but rebecca uh, rebecca's really cool I, I feel bad that uh michael did cool stuff and then died almost as soon immediately as soon as there were two gisellas on the battlefield that's right ladies and gentlemen two gisellas show up in the set uh, or show up in that game. Um, but yeah, so uh, Rebecca's, uh, Rebecca in practice is really cool. I, I dig her a lot. And it's really cool because Rebecca is a cool character in Magic Lore. So her getting a, a card that's actually cool and protective, which is sort of like her deal. And it's um, cool. She, she's like the premier white uh, artifact option right like a partner where where like before you could play with one of the red white ones if you wanted to have red in your deck but like now you can do like I, i'm doing esper with partners with silas run and it's great because silas run's so cool that being able to do a esper version of that deck without having to like play the blue white flyer which was like always lame um but is sweet is sweet i was i was happy that you um, yeah next next card on the blue yeah, we're on to blue with uh, Brynlin the Moon Kraken. Six blue blue for legendary Kraken. When Brynlin the Moon Kraken enters the battlefield, or whenever you cast a spell with a converted mana cost of six or greater, you may return target non-land permanent to its owner's hand. It is a six eight. I'm gonna go. Thumbs down. No, yeah. I mean, I, I get that it's part of the limited. If you're drafting blue green, it's the blue green big stuff, but. I'm not all that excited about playing this in construction. Someone's going to play this, and once again, they're going to make a really cool deck with it. I'm super stoked to see someone make this card work, but I'm never... Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> this guy, though... Elegeth the Crossroads Augur. Four blue-blue legendary Sphinx flying. If you would scry a number of cards, draw that many cards instead. It's a 5-6. Uh, this card? Oh, thumbs so, up. Put it thumbs up. Yes. Uh, yeah, this one's, this one's pretty cool. A pretty cool effect... Commander that makes every temple scryland that I play in a commander tech also like just cantrip. 
<laughs> is by itself a thing that I would be excited by. And if you pair them with any of the two color partners, you're getting three of those plus maybe some of the like not as good versions of those three. Uh, mm-hmm. Plus you get the castle, the blue castle that lets you scry. That's really dope. And you get like, oh, yeah. Castle Vantress is just four tap, draw two cards. Like, you just good. play. Gives Castle Lockthwain a run for You get to play a bunch of cards. Ooh, 4C. 4C draws you six cards <laughs> for four mana. Preordain is Ancestral Visions. <laughs> or Ancestral oh, Recall. Like, all, like, and those cards are good regularly. And, and Seer, Seer Visions. Visions. Both, yeah, both yeah, of both them are. Both sides are just draw three for one. Uh, they're not instants, I guess. That's where they, they miss out on it. But, like... Oh, boo. Uh, these are cards that like, like we have Ben Wheeler on our stream literally saying you should play Brainstorm, Serum Visions, all of these in every blue deck in Commander no matter what. Like like <laughs> magic players are wrong for not playing yeah. them. I get that you're cutting them because you want to add sweet cards, but like these are just that good. And so you should do that in this deck. And then on top of them being just generically good until turn seven, on turn seven, they become uh, power nine cards. Uh, so that's cool. This card's so sick. I, I like it a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah. The only thing that Elegeth Elegeth makes me wish there was a Scry Matters partner in red, because uh, both blue and red in the past have had when you Scry something happens. They had some in the old Theros set. They had some in the new Theros set. A few other cards like that. It would have been cool if there was a Scry's Matter archetype built with Elegeth and blue and maybe one that was like whenever you scry a number of cards deal that much damage to target creature like some right. you know some uh, complement of it but uh nonetheless Elegeth is is pretty sweet i think yeah be- i think i think like if i'm partnering uh with one of the red only ones like jessica or elena are both like a little bit of that but also you can play the blue green one what's his face scries the two drop Oh, yeah. Thrasios? Yeah, but every partner is bet every partner's good with well, Thrasios. Sure. You pair any partner with Thrasios and Timna, uh you're you're good well, to go. You can't do both. You have to pick um, one of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh or you just play the two of them together and sure. you're you're playing though, the tier eleven enough, deck or whatever. Right now, uh not the best combo. Um in in oh. because because of um Dockside Extortionist red is significantly more oh. important than other colors in 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 that format so um the blue red the two blue like chrome and the other one are seeing more play uh along other partners because just getting access to dock side is such an important part of the format like it, it's like in the top five cards in wild in, in it's like that and thassa's oracle are like the two best creatures printed into cdh in a long time um Oh, I'm so glad I don't play CDH since like it would give me a brain. Uh, hurt. It's really fun. It, um, it is a diff. It is not the same thing. It's not the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a different yeah, format. SEOR Wardwing Familiar. One in a blue legendary creature bird flying spells your opponent's cast that target one or more commanders you control cost three more in a cast one three. Um, would it have been so bad if SEOR just said commander creatures you control have hexproof? Uh, like, yes. It would have still just been a one three. Like it would have been a card I wouldn't necessarily want to play, but couldn't it have just given both itself and your other commander? I think that there are enough commander partner commanders that are kill on site to some extent that this would be problematic with it in a way that I don't want being able to get 
around right. it with a ton of mana is already going to be difficult. Like, I think this is this is a this is a card that we'll see a ton of play, especially on the CDH level. Like this pairs with any of the non blue options as like one of the best ways just to protect like your other thing. Uh, I know a lot of people that are talking about playing a Tinma SER deck just because like this as a one three can attack an opponent really easily with flying. So you will get to draw cards with Timma every time mm. and it protects your Timma from spot removal. So it like kind of is a double up on protecting. So like, and and obviously Esper colors are really powerful. Um, So, so just like as is, I think this card's just strong enough. I don't think you need, I don't think it like, right. I think if it was Hexproof, I mean, it'd be too good. You've, you've convinced me, you convinced me. Okay, SCR, Timna, I'd, I'd see it at the CDH table. And, and then like, right. there are other commanders that we'll look at in a second, but like, I, like this in a Vile Thrasher deck, like, once this isn't playing Vile Thrasher, like, Vile Smasher is just like getting you, I'd like, you have to kill Vile Smasher, someone's gonna die soon. <laughs> and this is just gonna make it so you can't. <laughs> um, that's, yeah, that's true, that's Ghost true. Ghost of Ramirez, oh yeah. Oh, sorry. Ghost of Ramirez de Pietro. Uh, two and a blue legendary creature, spirit pirate, two, three. Ghost of Ramirez de Pietro. Actually, we talked about this last week. Uh, if, and Marshall, if you have something you wanted to say about it, because at first we were talking about some of these. Nope. I mean, I'm, uh, I, I thought it's cool that Ramirez de Pietro got a, uh, got a card. Um, but, uh, I, I'm I'm sort of uh, lukewarm yeah, on we it. We talked about it last week. You can check um, it out. It's cool that it's like discard and mill yourself travel, but otherwise we were. But Ben was pretty medium on it. On the, I think this was a card I picked out yeah. as something I would be cool to see in historic or modern, um, specifically historic because totally. I think you could do cool stuff with it. But yes, I agree. Glacian Power Stow Engineer, yeah. five and a blue legendary creature, human artifact artificer three six tap x untapped artifacts you control look at the top x cards of your library put one of those cards into your hand and the rest into your graveyard partner now story-wise he and rebecca are related husband, husband and, and wife. wife um so th- they were husband and wife they were like uh in the upper echelons of the thran empire right before mm. the fall and glacian got infected with the tysis which is what eventually became phyrexian oil right uh yes, it's the like the idea I guess is that the little bacterium that is the tysis is also what corrupts flesh and um and all that sort of thing. But I think it eventually is revealed in the I don't want to give sp- a spoiler. Okay, spoiler alert for the Thran novel, which is actually a decent magic novel and I highly recommend it. Um it turns out the tysis was invented by Yogmoth and he purposely infected the Thran when he was excommunicated from the Thran capital city of Halcyon. And he, because he's a medical doctor and not a magical healer, was brought back to the from his place in exile to try and heal Glacian. Um, but meanwhile, he was just slowly making Glacian worse while spreading the disease through the Thran Empire. And by time Rebecca caught on, uh, Yogmoth was you know had Phyrexian monsters and stuff like that. So Glacian ends up dying, but he's holding in his hand a Thran power stone that would be used to lock Phyrexians in Phyrexia and away from Dominaria for millennia. And, and I do recommend uh, Spice 8 Rack on YouTube does a really good video breaking down um, Yagmoth and the whole story of what happens there, plus eugenics as a movement. So it's like really, 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 really interesting. Um, and I highly, I highly recommend Spice 8 Rack's channel. Every video he makes is fire, but uh, specifically that one. Highly uh, recommend. regards to Rebecca and Glacian is like, and, and Yagmoth is really, really great. I was... Thumbs down on yeah. this card the first time I read it. And then oh, I have yeah. become slightly thumbs up on it. And I'm going to give my thumbs up reason. Okay. And it is – so ramping into Glacian is not that hard. The fact that he mills you 
and isn't just scry looking at an art. Like when I read it, I thought it was just scry. You know, reveal the top six card X cards, you get an artifact and you put the other cards at the bottom of your library. The fact that he puts those cards into your graveyard and is like an artifact combo self mill piece makes it much more interesting to me as a commander in those types of decks because you can build something really interesting where you're looking for artifacts that you want to play, but then putting artifacts into your graveyard to win with something like um, what's the Frixian Invasion, the two and a blue enchantment that like you can choose. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, Mirrored and Besieged. Besieged, which, which like, if you have 15 artifacts Besieged. in your graveyard, you win. And so like the fact that he combos cool with cards like that, that's cool. Or can just do cool like Tolarian Academy combo-y things. So you could, par- you could partner him with Silas Ren yeah. also and be digging stuff back out of your grave. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't think he's I don't think he's bad. I don't feel like he should have cost six mana. It feels like he he costs yes, a little much, but um, it it's a cool effect. I I'm not down on him. I think I just he, his cost is something I'm just a little like, Ugh. but you know, it, commander doesn't have to be just cheap efficient mm-hmm. threats. They can be big clunky boys like the Glacian. fact that if you untap with him, you might just win the game. Does offer me hope that he's cool. And could be a cool deck. And it's cool that he can tap the boots you put on him yes. um, when he comes into play. Uh, so you definitely want to play all your haste equipment and stuff. So yeah, Glacian's not not too um, bad. Uh, but one I'm super excited about is this next one. Malcolm Keen-Eyed Navigator. Two and a blue. A legendary Siren Pirate. Siren Pirate. Siren Pirate? Siren Pirate. Uh, He's got flying, and whenever one or more pirates you control deal damage to your opponents, you create a treasure token for each opponent dealt damage this way. Uh, he's a 2-2. So, I'm super hyped. I've I've been playing, uh, brewing Malcolm and Breaches together, uh, playing Is It Pirates, and they are great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malcolm offers blue ramp in... Um, in like on a really efficient body, like you can swing and be making treasures the term you cast Malcolm um, pretty easily. And uh, I appreciate that both him and we're going to get to breaches later, but both of them have evasion and a whenever one or more pirates you control deal damage to your opponent, you get a thing for each opponent dealt this way. And it's not combat damage. So not only does Malcolm encourage you to be attacking all your opponents, but it also makes lightning rig crew and glinthorn buccaneer really powerful combo I'm gonna, engines i'm gonna really quickly um, read i'm gonna just add breaches to this conversation because i think they are the most actually not partner partners like they're the most like you just play both of these together and that's the correct thing to do uh breaches brazen plunder is a three red legendary creature goblin pirate three three with menace whenever one or more pirates you control deal combat damage to an opponent exile the top card of each of those opponents libraries you may pay play those cards this turn and you may spend mana as though or mana of any color to cast those spells um so what's cool especially about both of them is you can use the treasures from malcolm to then cast the cards you are exiling from your opponent's decks with breaches um and so yeah continue with what you're saying i I realize that like these are the most in the can partners i think maybe in the entire set so we should talk about them together which makes sense because in the in the ixalan storyline breaches and malcolm were like homies they were sort of like tweedledee and tweedledum like getting up to stuff they were were Um, both they were both and uh crewmates we actually have a few crewmates of vraska's in in this set plus or other other ixalan based characters yeah, so it is cool, like, yeah, and it's very cool that they they complement one another for exactly that reason. Yeah, you can, 
get a bunch of treasure, and then Breaches is getting drawing you a bunch of cards. I also love that Breaches allows you to play lands if you snag them. So uh, a lot of these effects don't uh, in red don't let you play lands, or when you steal off your opponent's deck, you can't play the lands. But Breaches does not say that, so Breaches can act... Uh, like a Courser of Crufix drawing you lands, which is always value. Um, and they just, they combo really, really well together, and they both have uh, a form of evasion, too. So after building a proper Is It Pirates deck, it plays like a really fun tempo aggro deck where you're going wide, you're rewarded for hitting everybody. So, um, so many times, like, uh, the thing I like about Commander is... Uh, you know, there's that social aspect, and I it's hard for me to build all-in commanders like um, Greven, Predator Captain, because Greven requires you to pick one person and really try to kill them, because you're trying to commander damage them out with a big attack. But Malcolm and Britches are like, attack all of your opponents. Attack them all, all the time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you don't need to beat down on anybody. You're, you're rewarded Me- for yeah, spreading, spreading out. out your damage. That's really cool. And and spreading out your damage is the nicest thing in the social contract. So I like that this is a combo that's like, hey, play Commander the socially conscious right, way. Right, right, right. <laughs> I, I am actually just really stoked that pirates are getting love. I, I love the concept of Ixalan, and I like definitely was not in love with the implementation of Ixalan in the sense that like just on unpo- like uncool or underpowered kind of some of the cards are, or they're the underhand where like Gishath is just like, this is so big. I win. Ha <laughs> ha. Good. Um, and so like, it's cool to see these tribes. Like, I love that we got a bunch of dinosaur stuff on Ikoria and I love that we're getting a bunch of pirate stuff here and more pirate love. Cause I think these just like creature types are all really, really dope and like conceptually really cool and can do really cool stuff. Speaking. <laughs> so there will be a hot take talking about, uh, some, some Malcolm stealing some stuff. So definitely check that out on Friday, but the next card, which is which is a Ooh, card, I'm of, so so hyped. Which on is like this the, one. it's been really hard. I've been trying to get a copy of like the gold board or the etched foil version of it, and they're like sold out everywhere forever. Sakashima of a thousand faces, three and a blue human rogue, three one. You may have Sakashima of a thousand faces enter the battlefield as a copy of another creature you control, except it has a Sakashima of the thousand faces other abilities. The legend rule doesn't apply to permanents you control. Three one. Um, I am well, very much thumbs up. I'm gonna build a Sakashima. Oh uh, yeah, in the Planeswalker, uh, Tevish Sat deck. I think next. <laughs> I think it's the next deck on my list of of things to build. So is it gonna be like clones and steals, like we I, were talking about? I think it's about? gonna be a little bit more controlly and just have the effect that these both can do that. I don't want to go all in because Kess Crimes is on that level, and because I had Malfagor for a while as a blue black deck that was that, and I think I kind of have moved that into the Kess deck and don't want too much of the same thing uh, versus just like a cool blue black control deck that I because I don't really have that as far as vibes, but it very could it could very easily just become clones and steals and threaten like that that type of effect so like maybe <laughs> uh it's sad that um i wish in some ways that tevish that oh wait does garuda need every permanent in your deck to be even command amount of cost or just every creature uh i think it's every, every permanent. permanent i think you're right i think it's i think, I think it's already it might even be every yeah, spell yeah, yeah, yeah. i think it might be I your spells so sakashima can go in the guy yes. deck we could or Sakashima can be the commander with, but yeah, like Sakashima, you could pair Sakashima with another even cost partner and have Gairuda in your deck as your uh, companion. Um, 
you know, I so uh, Sakashima's this is really cool in that they managed to make a Sakashima that is better than the old Sakashima, but doesn't invalidate the old Sakashima. Like now, I just sort of want to play both Sakashimas and Spark Double in so right. many things. Like I'm playing all three of them in the aforementioned Pirates deck. Um, because hey, what's better than one Malcolm, two Malcolms? Now you're making two treasures for every right, opponent, right, you know. Right. Um, I so, but I've I've been brewing a Sakashima paired up with Clark the Thumbless. Yep. yep. Um, which we'll get to later. But uh, two Clark two the Thumblesses in play allows you to flip two coins per. I love spell. I love all of the the and I'm gonna call them math nerds, but math nerds on the internet who have like walk through that if you have Sakashima, Crock the Thumbless, and Crock's Thumb all in play, like that you're at like a 80 percentile chance of successfully flipping every single time. So it like makes it so you can like almost reliably combo with them and play things. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because you're going to be flipping four coins. And if any of them come up in your favor, you get a copy. And if any of them come up against you, you get to essentially buy back the spell for free. So if you flip and make two copies, then you've netted a copy and you bought it back right, for free. Right. So it's like a weird, the odds are always in your favor. <laughs> right. Like just start casting seething songs and see how many you can do. I, 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 uh, yeah. So, I mean, Sakashima just has so many applications, both in the 99 and literally you take any partner and are like, if, if you like this effect, would you like two mm -hmm. of this effect? Would you like this and to add the color blue? Because Sakashima of the Thousand Faces is here for you. Coming to a commander game near you. 2021. 2020. 2020. It's right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, this card's really sweet. I'm, I'm, I, I, if, even if I don't use it eventually with Savage Stack, because I do want to use him, that like I'm now in a quest to build every color combo, and maybe Sakashima will end in a different place, but uh, this card's really, really cool. And like, yeah, and, and I need, like, the fact that we haven't even talked about the fact that it's not just that the legendary rule doesn't apply to Sakashima. It's, it doesn't apply to any cards you have. So you can use this Definitely, to do yeah. some silly, wacky things with legendary creatures you previously couldn't have been able to do. So I think... I think Right. And and so it, the cool thing about having the Sakashima of the Thousand Faces as your commander is you can play a clone tribal deck. And it used to be back in the day before Sakashima that if you wanted to play a clone tribal deck it's cool but you can only clone one of any given legendary creature so even if there is like you know an Aurelia on the table you can only get one of your own Aurelias mm -hmm. but if Sakashima's in play every clone is an Aurelia get yeah, infinite yeah. attack steps <laughs> yep I'm 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 really on board with this card all right next card is Sienna I have the storm three and a blue Jin monk flying when Sienna added the storm attacks cry X where X is the number of attacking creatures with flying three two um, if you want to play a mono blue, uh, Elegith Crossroads Augur deck, thumbs up. Otherwise, thumbs down. <laughs> yeah, this would have been cool to have been like, uh, shifted into red and have it, you know, maybe have menace or something, but have a similar like on attacks, you get scries sure. and then it could have paired with Elegith. But yeah, so I mean, Siani's like, whatever. It's obviously meant to be filler with the other flyers that. Yeah, that care about flyers, but it's like not the worst. It's just, um, yeah. But that's the last the of the blue cards. We are done with blue. That's the last of blue cards. We're on to Armix Filigree Thrasher. Armix Filigree Thrasher. Two and a black legendary artifact creature Gollum. 
3-2. When Armix attacks, you may discard a card. When you do, target creature defending player controls gets negative X, negative X until end of turn, where X is the number of artifacts you control plus the number of artifact cards in your graveyard. So... But you can go. <laughs> I'm a thumbs down. Yeah, the only thing I'm going to say about it is now we have a Gullum who is a partner, and Itch to Keck is another partner that cares about Gullums. So I do think it'd be fun to brew... Armix and Itch to Keck as a Golgari Artifacts Matter Gullum Tribal deck. Um, it is also kind of cool that Armix, uh, because it's also counting the artifacts that are in your graveyard, if you're playing the, um, the if you partnered up with like Glacian, right? So now you're milling a bunch of artifacts into your graveyard. Armix is, you know, killing a creature every time it attacks. The problem is Armix itself doesn't get any bigger so it's always going to be a three two it likely will win fight it will lose fights mm-hmm. a lot um so it's a cool space that it's playing in but i feel like it would have to be partnered with somebody who's going to make armix big so itch to keck is the the one thing that makes me at all interested in yeah, armix. It, my issue with armix other than that like the fact that just like golem three two is like enough and as, as an artifact creature is enough with one commander to make it worth it more than the other options if you want to be a green black uh, like a, a Gliss of the Trader situation. Um, my issue, <laughs> it is cool that all of the, each color has a artifact commander that all work with each other in a different way. So you have like Dargo the Shipwrecker works with this because you're sacrificing artifacts. Dar- like Dargo then works with like the- You have Glacian and yeah, Rebecca. They all like and, kind of yeah. combo with each other in different ways, but are their own thing that also can work with other stuff. I, just like- a commander that kills a thing once once a turn is on attacks and you have to discard is like bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'd have to be building the deck around wanting to discard. So you could play some madness cards or you could when you pitch an artifact, you know, it, it then goes to the graveyard. So Armix will see it and give an additional negative one, negative one. So we so. did we did for the hot take that but, comes out yeah. Friday. We talk a little bit about threat and effects and, and stealing. And one thing I, I didn't bring up then that I'll, I'll bring up quickly now is like. One problem I've had with Kess Crimes, which is like stealing creatures, is that if I'm playing against creature decks or just I've killed all of their creatures so they can't do anything, the deck doesn't do anything from that point onward, right? Like you're you're no longer like you eventually just kill all the things and you're like, oh, you're like so many commander decks don't need creatures to win or don't really use them in, the, in, in that often or can protect them that like having a commander that's like all removal all day long ends up just kind of being bad. And you kind of like, oh, I wish I did more. Yeah, I wish... I wish Armix could have chosen to either shrink an opposing creature or pump itself. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's an uncommon, and already its text box has a million words in it. So, if I were to choose, you know, I would have it minus minus two minus two to target creature or uh, remove X target uh, counters from target permanent. Oh, like a like, like a, a hex parasite like a hex parasite commander. I think that would have been a lot A, then you could do cool stuff, right? You could remove, you could do uh, 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 2020 big dude shenanigans, or you can do like, you can remove counters Oh, dark depths, yeah. Like, kill a planeswalker or whatever, so like, you can do a little bit more fun things with it, I think Um, Mm -hmm. and it like gives, and it like works with charge counters in a cool way, like I think that would be a more fun, uh, would have been more fun. Uh, next is Falthus, Shadow Cat Familiar, yeah. two and a black, two, two. Commanders you control have Menace and Death Touch. I'm a thumbs down, other than it's a cool Nightmare Cat. Yeah. There's maybe a command. Uh, my one thing that I want to bring up, actually, okay. So there's, there are, is a cycle of familiars that are partners. They're all uncommon. Um, and 
I'm wondering if they are all from Strixhaven. They all have a similar art style that is this sort of like twisted fairy tale sort of style, and they're all pictured in environments that seems like it could be around a Hogwarts style castle, and I wonder if that's something that's linking the five familiars, uh, if they're all like preview cards from Strixhaven. I put money that they are. I would even go as far that it's possible <laughs> that they are all also the, I know there's seven colleges, and I would go as far as to say that they all feel like they are representative of those colleges. I also think they're all creature types that are relevant for. So we know, for instance, that Kazmina is one of the Strixhaven characters um, and mm. that she has like an owl theme situation to her and a heron theme, like bird themed um, and also can turn people into frogs. Different, different issue. But I, I like having a horse having bird nightmare cat and uh el- elemental a lizard, lizard and, and a wolf. wolf beast what's interesting is many of them are also ikoria creature types which like from the like making it so sets work together i could see like some of the ikoria creature types getting more tribal support out of strixhaven since then there's like three months until they rotate which means you might make cat so they could really push right. it so you'll yeah. like have three they could push they could push the nightmare angle or the cat angle or something yeah um, yeah that'll be interesting it'll be interesting that's to cool see. i didn't i didn't catch um, that until now the next one yep. is no okay. the next one is kesket the flesh sculptor uh, two and a black for a human artificer. It's a one three. It has tap. Sacrifice three other artifacts and or creatures. Look at the top three cards of your library. Put two of them in your hand and the other into your graveyard. Um, I love that there's a another Phyrexian creature, but I'm not terribly excited by yep, Kesket. Thumbs down. Uh, it costs. So it asks you to sacrifice a lot yeah, of things. <laughs> you to draw two cards. Yeah, it's bad. Not, not a fan. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm sure I'm sure it's probably fine and limited, but um yeah. yeah, I think I think yeah, go. Next one is Miara, Thorn of the Glade, one in a black for an elf scout, one two. When Miara, Thorn of the Glade, or another elf you control dies, you may play a colorless and one life. When you do, draw a card. I'm thumbs up on this. Yeah. Uh, I mean it's elf tribal. Yeah. Like there's a specific deck this is gonna go into. You're gonna probably play with one of the green elf partners that are available in some of the colors. Uh, but like a elf deck's weakness often is a board wipe ruins their day. And this allows you, if you have mana open, which if you're an elf deck that is committed to the board, you probably have to then make up for that by drawing a bunch of cards. Cause you can pay one life for every creature that you have. That's dying. Uh, and elf black elf, yeah. black green and or black green white. Or just, I guess black green, like black green is the elf colors, right? That's like black is the secondary elf creature. I'm trying to think if there's another, it is now in this. They really made it in this set. Um, prior to this set, like if you're playing elves in Commander, you are mostly just playing mono green. You could maybe be playing green red with uh, like Elf Ball under uh, the new um, Radha, but it's hard to play black green elves because there is really, really only like um, Nath of the Guilt mm-hmm. Leaf, who's not he's exactly a an elf. Con- he's like, a discard. It doesn't really combo. reward you for playing elves. Right, and Glissa the Traitor doesn't really reward you for playing a lot of uh, elves either. So this set was the first time they really invested in, well, let's give black-green elves a proper commander suite so that you can play Shaman of the Pack and some of these well, other cool black-green elves yeah, they've printed over the years. Yeah, because in, in 
modern and standard and like in constructed play, black green, black green is the black is the secondary elf color, right? Because because on Lorwyn, black green is where the elves lie. And then in Magic Origins, they brought them back. Uh, in modern, the most common combo is you're the mono black or mono green or black green, or maybe you're splashing white uh, for removal and a few other benefits that you can get. But um, like the, this is just definitively the second bet. Like the the the, the fact that there weren't commander for this makes this kind of like an auto top tier commander card. And this card's really good. I mean, we we once again kind of left the concept of like how many of these cards, I think partially because we haven't like hit many that like we want to see in modern or, or historic. I want to see this card. I want to see this in, in, a, in a set. The yeah. fact that it has partner makes it a little worse, but just like unlikely to be put into those sets. But Mira the Thornglade. But yeah, I feel like you could put this into historic, especially um, especially like because they have historic brawl, putting some of these partners into brawl. Like I think you could put Breaches and Malcolm into historic in like the next historic a- anthologies, and Breaches and Malcolm would be a fun historic brawl yeah, deck it, to play. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, but yeah, I was just saying there are there are two red pirate legends, two blue pirate legends, there are two green elf legends, and two black elf legends, and I think they're all uncommons. I think they could all be put into um, historic to both add some interesting cards for those relative decks, but also be for historic. Ball. I agree. I agree. I, I think like I think this card will see legacy play. To be honest, like I think I think Mira Thorn of the Glade is that really? is like in consideration. It has like a really relevant ability in legacy for elf ball decks, like the ability to just I, like. I feel like the I feel like the hard part though is like when you're playing an elf ball deck, you're generally a tap out deck, and because she requires you to have leave x mana up where x is the number of elves you control she's kind of asking a bit yes but she like does something extremely powerful and i don't know if she's like i don't think she'll be like a four of but i think if you're like have one of these in your sideboard and legacy elves there are matchups where this is backbreaking for them right like that you're just like sorry you can try getting rid of my stuff but i'm going to draw a bunch of cards and like keeping there are elf hands that like keeping you just left with mana untapped. I've played elves and legacy and there are times where I'm just like, I just like on turn four, I'm probably winning at this point, but there are things that will stop me. And Mira is one of the cards that can say like, those things are no longer going to be able to stop me. Sorry. Sorry. Supreme verdicts or terminuses or whatever you're playing. Um, yeah, I don't think, I don't think it's a four of, but I think it's definitely a card that I would have in a, like as a one of in my sideboard to be able to tutor for, I think is like totally, totally worthwhile. Um, next card yeah. is another elf. The other elf. Yeah. The other elf is up next. It's Nadir or Nadier, uh, agent of the Duskenel five and a black for a three, three. So pricey three, three, but it's an elf warrior. When a token you control leaves the battlefield, put a plus and plus one counter on Nadir agent of the Duskenel. When Nadir leaves the battlefield, create a number of 1-1 green elf warrior creature tokens equal to its power. So I'm down to talk about this. Um, so he, he's expensive, but there's a couple interesting parts about his text box. One, he triggers off whenever any token you control leaves the battlefield. So this can count treasures, clues, uh, any things that you normally would want to sacrifice will pump up Nadir. So I can imagine a uh, some sort of treasure-based Nadir deck could be fun. Um it's it's also cool in that his text reads a lot like Alinda the Duck Scrows, um, which is a pretty powerful commander in and of herself. But this allows you to play like Nadir with one of the green elf commanders, and now you can play uh, like a, a just like Alinda does for vampire tokens. You can play with uh, Nadir. It's also cool that 
he when he leaves the battlefield, you create equal to his power, not equal to the plus one plus one counters on him. So even if you don't get to pile too many counters on him, you'll get a minimum of three elf warrior tokens when he leaves the battlefield. And it says leaves the battlefield also. So if you blink him or if he gets bounced, you get the tokens. Um, so he doesn't have to die either. So I could see him in a deck with like Conjurer's Closet or something like that. So um, I think as far as the uncommon commanders in this set go, um, I actually feel like he has a lot of versatility of, you know, what... There's a lot of things going on in his text yeah, box. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think my issue here is that he's a six mana. Like, I, I will say as far as six mana goes, um, that the fact that he will no, always gain value, right? He's like, always because he'll leave the battlefield, eventually get one one. So if you like get blown out, you're fine. And yes, he is, he is in a tribe where being able to play him um, or her with other uh, ramp cards gets you gets you to the right spot. And and a lot of words on this card that are good in a lot of different strategies. He's good. They're good in plus one, plus one counter theme decks. They're good in um, token making strategy decks. They're good in sacrifice aristocrat style decks. So they, they have a lot of, and they're good. Yeah, like you'd decks. play Nadir. Yeah. You play Nadir in Alinda or in Tasa Karlov, for example. Um, so yeah. And they're, and, cool. and warrior decks even. Yeah. Next. Um, next is Sengir yeah. the dark Baron for black, black, Legendary creature, vampire, noble, 4-4, four, four, flying. Whenever another creature dies, put two plus one plus one counters on Sangir the Dark Baron. Whenever another player loses the game, you gain life equal to that player's life total as the turn began. Uh, uh, yeah, so you will, if I killed Marshall in a game and they were at 10 at the beginning of the turn, I gained 10 life. Which is an interesting thing to have yep. to pay attention to. Um, right. When you're playing Singer the Dark Baron, it's good that you... You should have a way to keep your life totals that is written down. So you could be like, well, Alex, I understand, but you were at 17 to start the <laughs> turn. I know that turn, I had so. Blood Artist in play and drained you for one, and then you fetched in response, but that was after you started your turn, so I gained 12 life. Yeah. Um, I'm actually thumbs down on this card. Uh, this card's really disappointing for how hyped people were that Baron Sengar was going to get a card. I get that they were, like, building on old timey cards that are relevant, but I like have no it yeah. I'm it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it would have been nice if either white or red had had a partner commander that was a vampire so that it could push you towards some sort of vampire tribal in either black, white or black red. Um he does grow real fast, and it's whenever any other creature mm -hmm. dies. So you could be put him in a token deck, he'd get real big real fast, and he does have evasion. But, Six mana for a flying yeah, does I, a lot of, like, kills you with commander damage is, like, not a thing that I'm, like, that excited yeah. by. It's cool. Yeah, not, wish... to, not to rain on anyone else's parade. If you like Singer, great. I don't think it's a, ta I don't think it's a terrible card. It's just not, doesn't yeah, excite I, me. I, like, I wish, I guess I wish the second ability was cooler. I like what it's paying attention to, and I think it's really cool that it's paying attention to it, but that all that you do is gain life, I think, is really boring. Like, I almost want it to be like, do that much damage, or that's where you get plus one, plus one counters, is like, when an opponent dies, every he gets that many plus one, plus one counters to the life difference. Oh, like Blood Tyrant right. or whatever. Or like, that, like that. I mean, I guess the cool thing about Singer is... If he's if you're all in on Singer, he's going to get big real fast, and so he will often be killing people with commander damage. So they could be at like eighty life when you kill them with commander right. damage, and you yes. get <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, There's like yeah, I just wish it was a little bit 
Yeah. Or next card. And, and you do you. actually. Oh, well, next card is Tevish Zat, Doom of the Fools. Four black legendary planeswalkers, Savat, Sazat, whatever, <laughs> for loyalty. Plus two, create two, zero, one black for all creature tokens. Plus one, you may sacrifice another creature or planeswalker. If you do, draw two cards and draw another card. If the sacrificed permanent was a commander, minus 10, gain control of all commanders, put all commanders from the command zone all on the battlefield under your control. Um, Tevisat Doom of Fools can be your commander. so hyped. And it has partner. Yeah, this 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 card's really, really, really sweet. Uh, I do... Uh, I'd be hyped if it didn't have partner. Yes. Like, if this guy had just been the face commander of, like, that... Bu- like, he's so much more exciting than Obnixilis... Um, oh yeah he's the obnixilis face commander you know like they definitely learn i'm 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 really excited by honestly i'm sad because i have a malfagor deck that i like love it's one of my favorite decks is a red black deck and i don't want like two of them because i was thinking of building teversat and and uh um jessica combo uh as like a black red deck but like there's he's so cool a, a not even getting into the ultimate making thrall tokens is always fun i like the, the thrall token the fact that you can then sacrifice the dark cards cool. is cool um and then like the ultimate on this card is so dope and so sweet and such an awesome effect that like i wish there are other ways to make it happen i'm glad that we finally have something really cool and they were saving it for a good moment because like pulling commanders out of the command zone and putting it into play is such a dope ability uh, that I like and yes. immediately interested in building a deck around this to to do that to people. <laughs> Just trying to accelerate to do it. Like put in your contagion engines, put in your uh uh chain veils. I mean obviously you can partner in with a, a green partner and get your doubling season in there. But um yeah so Teversot's pretty exciting because he also like I love this um if you, you can sacrifice a creature if it was a commander you get to draw up to three cards so he can eat his partner, but also uh, I feel like he kind of leans you into playing with uh, partnering either with blue or with uh, red so you can get those temporary steal effects. So you threaten somebody, beat them with their own creature, and then feed it to Teverzat. And if you stole their commander this way, then you kill their commander, draw an extra card. Oh my god, the yeah, value. The, the, fact, the fact that his plus affects, like both of his plus and his minus are cool because they don't specify whom's commander right like his his plus lets you sacrifice your opponent's commanders if you have them and his minus 10 lets you Mm. put your partner commander into play so if you have the the if you're playing this is a moment to play brinolin because the fact that they're whatever infinity mana doesn't matter because you're going to be sneaking them into play with your tevish side ultimate Well, and the the cool thing also that I kind of like about what Tevish Zod is going on that's like really backbreaking is if if nobody messes and you don't do anything special, you plus two, plus two, plus two, minus ten. That will kill Tevish Zot and put his ability on the stack. Uh, he goes to the he goes to the graveyard when then state base effects allows you to put him in the command zone. And when the ability resolves, you get to put Tevish Zot back into play with four loyalty, and you get to activate him again this turn. So you can. You know, if you steal everybody's commander with the ultimate and somebody has a commander that's like lame and isn't doing isn't going to do anything for your deck because you're like nor in the wary or something, you don't want to give nor in the wary back right. to them. Well, you can plus one sacrifice nor in the wary and get to draw your cards off of him and 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 or be nice, you know, like, hey, we got a deal. You let me Tevish spot ultimate on your you're the only one that can attack it. You let me Tevish spot ultimate on my next turn. I'll sacrifice your commander to give it back to you. 
right? Right. Or I can do it the turn that I steal it. I'm going to steal everybody's thing. My Tevish not gets put back to play, and I will sacrifice your commander so you can put it back in the yep. command zone. Yeah, just like do it right now, and then and then you're like, there we go. Now you're ahead. I'm ahead. Yep. Our two enemies are behind. Um. Yeah, this card's super sweet. Um, I'm currently brewing Tevishzot with Rograk, son of mm-hmm. Rogar, um, because uh, it turns out it's really great when you can pay zero mana to draw three cards. I'd pay two mana to draw three cards. I'd even pay four mana to draw yep, three cards. Yep. Uh, so they they play really. I think well if together. I was actually gonna pick, I think Kamal Heart of Croza is the actual cheetah thing in the play because oh. a you can you get doubling oh, season, yeah. so you get the green, and then now you're getting the eight drop. Like that that that's that's a better choice than the blue, the uncommon that we refuse to talk about. Yeah. Um, la- last black card, and then we can. Uh, also, we like talked a lot more about Tevishot sure. in the hot take that comes out this Friday. So definitely recommend. Um, checking out Friday for the hot take. Uh, Tormod the Desecrator. Three and a black zombie wizard. Four, two. Whenever one or more cards leave your graveyard, create a two, two black zombie creature token partner. Uh, that's, that's tapped. tapped. Importantly, the token it creates is I'm tapped. thumbs up on this card. But I'm I'm down. I'm down to talk this about card, it. Yeah. Well, A, super hyped that they're able to get Tormod, uh, a card, a character that was mentioned. Right. In Alpha? Or in Antiquities? Like uh, the, the Dark. dark. The dark is when Tormod's crypt uh, first shows up. Just yeah. like, and there's like, you can call it like, there's so many ways to exile cards out of your graveyard and make a bunch of two, two zombies and win the game when you cast this guy. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, you got to do him one at a time. Cause he's think like oh, it's one or more. They, it's interesting. They worded him in such a way where he, he doesn't actually combo with his crypt. Cause if you crypt yourself, you only get one you're right, zombie. Right. So you get four zombies a um, turn if you have something like uh, the like single exile thing per turn. Right, yeah. If you you know, tap your Relic of Progenitus, you get a zombie, then you can... But the interesting thing is they worded him so the cards don't have to go into exile. They just have to leave your graveyard. So if you... Uh, like, you could partner him with Ravos the Soul Tender. So every upkeep, you return a creature from your graveyard to your hand and create a 2-2 zombie. And it, and it, and it is... It is worded the way that, like, uh, uh, um, it's not that turn, right? So what you can do is do, like... Cl- is do them one like at a time. classic dredge where you're, like, yeah. playing a Bloodgast and an Icarid, and you're playing, like, all of the weird, dirtily... Oh, yeah. Like, things that... Every time you Bloodgast, you get a you Which, get a zombie. Um, and the, the interesting thing is, actually, I think Tormad probably makes a loop, right, with Gravecrawler? Because if you... If you cast Gravecaller for one black, it leaves your graveyard, you get a zombie. Then if you sack that zombie to Phyrexian Altar, you get one black. Sacrifice Gravecrawler, you get a second black. And then you repeat, gaining one black mana every time. So you can just make infinite black mana yeah, in- with infinite Tormod, and infinite Gravecrawler. Black mana. And- yeah, that's really good. That on its own, like, like Tormod is one of the first of these that you could just play Tor. Like, you will play another partner because just, like, Tormod and, oh, maybe that's what I do... Tormod Tevish thought is like sweet together. That's true. You you get to create free fodder to feed to Tevish Zot, and then you're playing mono black, so you can play uh yeah, you get to play the new Skyclave Shade and Bloodgast and Nether Trader, and they're all individual things like gutter this bones. Is- this little is, reassembling skeletons making because so I'm trying to make every color. I don't have a mono black one, and Tevish that and Tormod. I love I love Tormod's crypt. I love that zero mana artifact. I've definitely tutored for it with Teleria West more times than I can count. Uh, this is dope. I'm so hyped. Uh, all right, we're here. We figured it out. I'm pers- I'm personally really tight. Um, I'm 
I'm stoked also that Tormod the Desecrator uh, is just a good guy for zombie tribal decks. Um, I have a uh, Verena the Lich Queen uh, uh, Esper Zombies, and she's just great. Mm-hmm. She's uh, she's my favorite so far of the zombie uh, tribal lords you get to play, because you get to play all three colors that zombies show up in, and um, she just really gives you what you want. You're looting through your deck, you're filling up your graveyard, and then you can exile cards from your graveyard to make zombies. So if you're bored is ever having difficulty, you can just start exiling your graveyard to make zombies. And if Tormod is on the battlefield, you can pay two with her, exile two cards, create a zombie, create a tapped zombie. Yeah. So two mana, two cards, two zombies. Feels like yeah. a pretty good deal. Yeah. I need I need a lot of... Um, what's the two mana artifact, sacrifice a creature, mill yourself? It's the thing that... Com- oh, equal to their toughness or whatever. It was the Hogak combo card. Oh, oh Alter, Alter of Dimension. Dimension. I need like, a lot of those. That card is uh, moving up quickly to be one of my favorite cards of all time. I really like that card. All right. Um... Next, go on, go on the red. Go on the red. Ready for, ready for it. Elena Kessig Trapper. Four and a red. Human Scout. First strike. Add a amount of red equal to the greatest power among creatures you control that enter the battlefield this turn. 4-3 partner. Um, this was the first card previewed from this set. I believe we talked about it on the podcast at the time. Um, I'm thumbs up, but I don't have too much to say about it. Just I think it's a good card and we'll yeah. see play and does things that are powerful. It makes the cards. It makes the cards. It makes the creatures... You play free, the first one every turn, at least. <laughs> yes. Yeah, basically. Uh, it, it is interesting that, um, according to the FAQ, it's constantly tracking that creature's power. So if you play a creature and then were to pump it up or something, or some effect pumps it up, Elena only cares that the creature enters the battlefield this turn. When you tap her, she then checks what the power oh, of the greatest creature cool. that came. So... So that's kind of cool. So like, uh, Elena is great in a deck with, uh, like Xenagos, the God of rebels mm-hmm. or whatever that doubles powers and stuff like that. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like Elena a lot. She's cool. Um, it, it's interesting that she's in this set, uh, along with the green one, which is Halana Kessig Ranger. And we just mentioned that we do think there's a cycle of creatures from, um, Strixhaven. I wonder if, if any mm. of these are references to um, Kaldheim as well, because we know we are we're going back to Innistrad in the fall, oh. and there's like I wonder if there's any ones that like people don't know who or where they're from, like the Ooze maybe, or like uh, um, do we know where uh, what's it like Togo Goblin Weaponsmith is from, or there's like a few I think that like we just don't know where. Oh, uh, we do know Togo's from oh, Dominaria. Okay. We we know that he's he's quoted on he's he's quoted on many I. Fantastic flavor text. In fact, the whole joke of his card is based on flavor texts from the past. Got it. Okay. Like, are there any, I I would wonder, I would love to hear from people if they think there are cards that they like could be from seeded in here. Um, yeah, that'd be interesting if we, uh, I don't know if we've gone past any ones yet that, uh, like one thing that we do know is Prava of the steel legion, that cat soldier that makes soldiers. Uh, it is confirmed that Prava is from the same world as, Lycia, Sanguine Praetor, whatever, the uh, the Mardu vampire that you can pay okay. life and its cost is reduced by the amount of life you gain. They are from the same world, which is basically like Holy Roman Empire world. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, and uh, it has been hinted that the four-color lady, Saskia the Unyielding, is also from Holy Roman Empire world. She's representing, like, the Celts who are resisting the Holy Roman Empire that, like, 
Prava of the Steel Legion and Lycia the Sanguine Tribute Got are it. both from. Got it. So perhaps that could be Kaldheim. Like Kaldheim could be the Holy the Roman world Empire that world is mostly be, uh, like we know it's Viking because it's actually Norse world, and there's the yeah. Holy Roman Empire clashing with them. We talked about yeah. uh, breaches, brazen plunderer, and next to him is Dargo the Shipwrecker, six. Uh, six and a red for a legendary giant pirate. Seven five. Uh, as an additional cost to cast this spell, you may sacrifice any number of artifacts and or creatures. This spell costs two less to cast for each permanent sacrifice this way, and two less to cast for each other artifact or creature you've already sacrificed this turn. It's a seven five with trample, and th- this guy may be one of the most powerful in the set. Well, like you um, get. You're like sacrificing God, one, he can come down so early. It's, it sacrificed one artifact. You it costs four less, right? So if you sacrifice two artifacts, it costs eight less. Am I reading that right, or is it? No, no, no. So if you, so if you, you can cast him, and you can sacrifice any number of artifacts that reduces it by two. And if earlier in the turn you've also sacrificed other things, it costs Got two it. less. So for example, he he allows all your treasures to essentially make three Got mana for him. Because the treasure was sacrificed, so it reduces his cost by two. Um, so, like, you pop two treasures, and you can cast Dargo and have... Um, you can cast Dargo for one mana with two so, treasures. So, I guess I guess he is powerful from a cost reduction perspective and, like, a legacy kind of, like, what Hogak was doing perspective. I don't think... Like... I, yeah, he's, he's very he's like Hogak, a seven-five yeah, like, trample, right? In an artifact deck, so it's not like when you say most powerful, I don't think it's that that insane. He just is a very he's he's probably more powerful than people are giving credit because he is just a big thing you can put into play for cheap, um, and is a sack outlet for artifacts in a cool way. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, and then and then that he's like so big, and then if you like sacrifice him to make more artifacts and stuff, I I think part of it people are talking about because. Um, it obviously can also reduce his commander tax. So there's a lot of talk about him in CDH where you can just essentially cycle through him food chain style. Sure. And each Dargo keeps seeing how many have been sacrificed. And if Dargo was sacrificed to like Ashnod's altar, then the future Dargos will see Dargo <laughs> sacrificed for right. two colorless. So you can eventually make it to where Dargo never cost extra and you're just sacrificing, you're cycling through sacrificing and make infinite mana and get you, infinite um, storm as, as triggers. As soon as you get the, as soon as you sacrifice three artifacts for, uh, as soon as you sacrifice three things the ter- the first turn you cast him, if you have an Ashnod's altar, he's free forever. So and, and so at that point you have infinite creature enter the battlefield. Okay, that's fair. That's an insane ability. And you have infinite storm count, infinite ETB, infinite le- right, LTB. He's a commander, so you can build yeah, so. your deck around any of those things without too much effort. And so yeah, I guess yeah, fr- Frixie like. And he plays well with Malcolm, the uh, the blue pirate, because Malcolm is making you a bunch of treasures, which you can then feed to Dargo. So um, you can do like Dargo, Malcolm. I definitely Storm. have Dargo in my Malcolm and Breaches deck. That's yeah. cool. But um, okay, you sold me. Yeah. So I, I, it's interesting that Dargo is subtly stronger than he looks, which is good for a uh, a giant pirate who doesn't realize yep. how big he is. Uh, <laughs> next card is Jessica Thrace Reborn, Tuna Red, Legendary Planeswalker, Jessica. Uh, Jessica Thrace Reborn enters the battlefield with a loyalty counter 
on it for each time you cast a commander from the command zone this game. Zero mana, choose target creature until your next turn. If that creature would deal combat damage to one or more opponents, it deals triple that damage to that player instead. Jessica, Thrice Reborn, deals Oof. X damage to each of up to three target creatures. Jessica, Thrice Reborn can be your commander, partner, zero loyalty, because it's loyalty equals how many times it's coming to play. Now, if you just cast Jessica first, she comes on one loyalty. Um, but her zero is like insane. <laughs> uh, if you cast yeah. any other commanders ahead of time, though, she gets bigger and bigger as time go on. Um, and it, you have to track how many times you've cast commanders from the command zone. I uh, am thumbs up on this. Uh, my my main my oh, main yeah. thumbs up at the start without actually reading any of her other abilities is I have that Chandra Planeswalker Red Red Planeswalker Tribal deck um, that like. Mm. People might not want me to play with the M20 Chandra, who doesn't have the ability to be a commander as my commander. Uh, They might be resistant to me breaking the rules. And if this is the deck I want to play, I can just move Jessica and Rograk to the front of the pack or Jessica and one of the other commanders that are red and just be like, this works. It's a red planeswalker. It's it. She herself won't be doing very much synergistic things other than just being a red planeswalker and comboing with the planeswalker tribal stuff. But that could very well be good enough and you get Rogag or any other red. Well, and it's interesting that her she can also be played like a political commander because her zero ability does not have to target a creature you control and it lasts until your next turn. Mm-hmm. So, and because it does triple, I, I noticed that, you know, um, the original Elder Dragons of Elder Dragon Highlander all had seven power and so commander damage was set at three hits from any Elder Dragon. That's the 21. So you get hit by a Nickel Bolas three times, you're dead. Um, Jessica just speeds that right up. So if your opponent is playing a seven power commander, you can just be like, hey, I'll uh, target that with Jessica if you'll take out Ben, who's being really problematic. You know? and, and, it, and and to specify, it's damage to an opponent, so so they can't kind of turn that. So they can't you. betray yeah. you, and so they're like, you're kind of like, mm-hmm. I'm basically letting you draw a card if you don't attack me, and most people mm-hmm. will take that. Some people will attack Jessica instead, but a lot of people will take it. And there's ways to protect Jessica that like you can accomplish pretty easily. Um, yeah, I think she's really good. I think like yeah, yeah. I think she does a lot of really cool stuff. I really like her like ability to gain loyalty in a cool way. I like that she combos really well with Bruce Tarl to give him sex tuple strike. Yep, that's cool. Feels that's pretty good. Slash terrifying. Combos really well with double strike. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Jessica. I think Jessica's one of the just like the cooler ones, and and just like is generically good in a way that I think we'll see a ton of play in different places. Um, Kedis Embercleave Familiar, one in a red legendary creature, elemental wizard. When a commander you control deals combat damage to an opponent, it deals that much damage to elemental each wizard. other opponent. It is a one-one. Um, I think this is. The most playable familiar, unless the green one, far yeah, and like, away. I yeah, I, I think you're totally right. Kedis is Kedis is the only familiar that I think is actually uh, pretty I'll, good. I would defend the blue one, the bird. Uh, hey, but I, 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 you've made a good point for um, the bird. The fact, like the bird is helped because it is blue. And actually, I mean, Kedis is helped by from it being red as well, right? Like giving blue to some of these other commanders is just like what it needs. Like Bruce Tarl needs blue and to be Jeskai, and that's better. Protecting Bruce Tarl is going to be more important than protecting, like, than having a 1-1 flying for four that gets plus one, plus one counters whenever someone casts a spell, which was the options before. <laughs> so the cool thing about Kedis is... Um, 
it it is not itself the thing that does the extra damage. It makes your other commander deal the extra damage. So if any of your commanders have a combat damage trigger, um, Kedis will just let you trigger it three times when it hits. Um, so again, Kedis with Bruce Tarl. If Bruce Tarl hits somebody, you're going to gain six life because of double strike, but you're actually going to gain 18 life because it's going to deal six damage to each of your opponents, too. What are, like combos with, um, with um, the pirates, right? It combos with my two yep, favorite yep. pirates. Um, so he's he's definitely in the 99 of that pirate's deck. I think he's the only not pirate I'm playing uh, aside from Sakashima. As you're talking, I'm looking to see if there are any commanders we've talked about that have uh, none of the partners from before have uh, do damage trigger. Do any of the old ones do? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think if. Uh, t- so Timna yes. has a Timna gains life, um, but uh, it's not exactly an on damage. Well, but Timna, Timna is, Kedis, is if each if a player if for each player that took damage this turn in your second combat main phase, you may pay one life to draw a card. So Kedis with Tinma as a Mardu commander combo will just guarantee that you draw three cards. If you can hit with Tinma one player, which is good enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. That, that one's good enough. There you go. Figured it out. I don't have to think about this anymore. Oh, actually. And the interesting thing is just like with Essior, where you were talking about Essior combos well with Timna, because it comes down the turn before Timna and then can swing on the turn. You cast Timna. So you get to draw a card. If you play Kedis on turn two, play Timna on turn three, Kedis attacks. And as long as any one of your opponents is open, Kedis sees itself. So it will ping each of your opponents for one damage and you can pay three life and get yeah, draw through the target. Really so the point is Timna likes the familiars. Timna's yeah. good yep. with them. Yep. <laughs> uh, which is, she's kind of like, she like, I feel like she works at a library or has like interned there before starting her career or whatever she's doing weaving. <laughs> uh, yeah. She's got yeah, familiars. She's got little helpers. I mean, if I've seen a Disney movie, if you're making a dress, you have animal familiars. And so uh, I'm totally. going to confirm it's canon. Now Timma is a Disney princess. Uh, <laughs> based on this set confirmed uh next card uh is crark the thumbless one in a red legendary creature goblin wizard whenever you cast an instance or sorcery spell flip a coin if you lose the flip return that spell to its owner's hands if you win the flip copy that spell and you may choose new talk ta- new targets for the copy the one thing i will say is that someone should create an app that lets you instantaneously decide on a coin flip instead of flipping the coin every single time because people are going to People already, and we maybe even have talked already when we talked about Sakashima, are working on making it so you are flipping like four coins every single spell you cast to then recast those spells. And I'm going to get sick of watching someone flip coins and have them fall on the table and you have to go find it and it's going to like roll across the room. See, I'm very anti-coin flip. I'm all about the die roll. It's odds and evens because you can, you know, if you have Krok the Thumbless and Krok's Thumb in play, well, then you just roll two dice. And if either of them come up, you know, and the the cool thing is, I, I appreciate. I, I really like Crark the Thumbless. I'm I've been having already trying to brew around Crark, uh, but I love that when you lose the flip, you don't lose the card. It's not counter the spell, which is how back in the day this would have been. You know, Red has a lot of these like flip a coin, and if you lose the flip, you're screwed. <laughs> this one, you just get it put back in your hands. You get a chance to cast it again later, and if you have a clone of Krark, or if you have Krark's thumb in play, you have the chance to get Magical Christmas Land, where the the you get the spell to buy back for free. Right. Uh, if you flip two coins and you win one flip and you lose one flip, then you just get one copy of the spell, and then the spot the spell bounces back to your hand. Um, 
So, uh, plus he's like the the money's just right. He costs only two mana, so you don't have to feel like you you're rushed to throw him out in the early game and accidentally get have him catch a board right. You can wait till you've got the cards in your hands you really want to start coin flipping mm-hmm, with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's gonna do really cool. Like he's the coolest coin flip commander, obviously I think ever, and like that deck's gonna just like be a thing. And like Krark's Shakashima is a deck that we're going to have to contend to, and it's going to be so versatile that you're going to see a bunch of different flavors that I think are all going to eventually become Storm, uh, but <laughs> are going to start doing cool things and eventually end up in that world. Um, I think, yeah, I think it, it's really cool that we got this, uh, and we'll see how it goes. Um, before we get to the next mm, card, uh, I want to talk which, about which is definitely okay. a thumbs up. I do want to do things. First, I want to thank all of our patrons, um, you guys and girls and friends. You are guys the best are the best. To make this happen. You're you, how Marshall exists. And all we you have cards folks. in front of the things, and you get raw feeds. For those who don't know, uh, you get access to the raw feed. Uh, I think it's the five dollar tier and above, and that is the whole episode, no edits. So you get swear words, you get stumbles, but you also get a ten minute before the episode uh, mini sode that's uh, not about magic. We talk about random stuff today. Me and Marshall discussed which X, uh, which like um, not X-Wing necessarily, but which which starfighter you would be a pilot of in the Star Wars universe of the different like X-Wing, Y-Wing, B-Wing um, world. So if you are interested in hearing what mine pick and Marshall's pick, that's it's there. Um, and like last week with Ben, we talked about best action scene in a movie. Um, before that, we talked about like best chips ever. Um Ben was talking about some movie I've never heard Heat. of before. Uh, that actually caused like a real fight on the, the Kess work call the next day. Um, not a real fight, but it's very heated. Ben has very strong opinions about the movie Heat uh, and how good the bank height, the gun shootout at the end is, which I looked it up on YouTube. It's fine. You would expect him to be uh, heated. Yeah, that's fair. Ooh, I should have used heat. that. Uh, yeah, so um, yeah, definitely thank, thank you, patrons, you. Thank you, Patreon. If you're interested, you're great. Uh, we'll. we'll um, and then uh, make sure to follow, subscribe, like, hit that like button below, make this video happen. Uh, cool. Next card. All right. So Rogue Rock, the son of Rogar, a zero cost red legendary Cobalt warrior. It's a zero one with first strike, menace and trample. Um, so this card is a callback to Rogar of Care Keep, which was the uh, legendary Cobalt. Um, and apparently in the lore, Rogue Rack has risen up in defiance of his father and is trying to claim care keep for was himself. Was Roga a card? But, uh, I thought we didn't have a legendary kobold. Bef- uh, yeah, oh, oh, Roga yeah, Ro- is a legendary. Roga is a legendary kobold. It's in Rakdos colors. Oh, um, oh, oh, it's not free. Co- the kobolds that are zero cost are like, because famously, there's a, there's Thopter, right? Thopter is the very first, I think, zero mana card and it's a flying zero two flyer like but then they made a bunch of i think it's like four different kobolds that are all zero ones for zero there are three different ones yeah there's kobolds of care keep crookshank kobolds and crimson kobolds and they're all free red creatures so that are all just zero ones with no other abilities that are red. And then there were a few weird kobold lords, but they were all mm-hmm. bad. Like one gave all your kobolds plus one power. One gave all of them plus one toughness and trample. Like what? <laughs> <God>. <laughs> um, but then randomly there was Roga of care keep who costs two black, black, red, red for a five, five legendary kobold says at the beginning of your upkeep, you must pay red, red, red. If you don't, 
An opponent gains control of Rogov Care Keep and all creatures you control named Kobolds of Care Keep. If the player gains control of a creature this way, tap it. Uh, and then he also says, creatures you control named Kobolds of Care Keep get plus two, plus two. So it was really weird. They decided to, in the set, to print three different Kobolds, but then they give a lord for just one of the Kobolds. <laughs> <laughs> the ones named Kobolds of Care Keep. He doesn't, prim- he doesn't pump Crookshank Kobolds. He doesn't pump Crimson Kobolds. Well, I don't does, know why. He does why. pump the tokens from Care uh, Keep, right? The land that has seen a ton of tournaments. Yes. Play. So, like, that's that's, like... The joke. Now, I know a lot of people that will use those kobolds as care keep tokens. So, like, if they're playing with the land, especially because back in the day there were no printed tokens. So, that was like the best option, anyways. Um, but modern day, we finally have Rograx, some of Roga as a partner commander, zero, zero, one. The thing that people are doing with this is just like, it's a zero mana commander. So, like, you get a free creature in the play. It's a zero, one, if you can, but with a ton of ability. So, if you can pump it at any point, it's like dope. Um, if you do stuff with, like, yeah, go for it. Well, I think this one is one of the most open ended of all the partners that at least half of the partners that exist do something cool with Rograk. Either you're getting to equip stuff for cheap to him or pile him up with auras or um or the or they are cards that care about you casting other commanders. Like even if you just teamed up Rograk and Jessica, then Jessica gets to start with two loyalty instead of one. Which would be my which would be my plan with the Chandra tribal deck. Like if I were to do that, it would be Rograk and Jessica because Rograk comes down and starts triggering Jessica. And then Rograk because the deck has like sacrifice outlets because Chandra makes the two one one tokens. Rograk can replace that as like a pseudo version of that effect to some effect. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but then also like in the supplementary commander sets, they've been printing a lot of cards that care about whether you control a commander or you've cast a commander. And so Rograk says, hey, for free, you get to set that to yes and at least once already right off the bat so the storm cycle fury storm echo storm imperial storm they all care about how many times you cast commander this game or um one thing i like about rogue rock is it makes mox amber a mox Mm -hmm. ruby so you can just turn one play them Mm -hmm. both for free Mm -hmm. um yeah like Rogue Rock, and then uh, we were talking about earlier with Tevizot, like it just gives you a free commander that you can cast and immediately sacrifice to draw three cards. Uh, yeah, like just just even if you just use him with your skull clamp to like slam it down and draw two cards, like uh, Rogue Rack is just very versatile in whether he is sacrifice fodder or part of a combo engine. Or if he, you're planning on actually using all those abilities he has and pumping him up, either with like a chroma or uh, with auras and equipments. I just, I love it's, this It's interesting guy. to me that Red has three different partner commanders that are all just like the most versatile cards, if not more. If you want to include Elena, like four of them, just like this card as a partner to any other commander that we've made is probably a pretty great option to just add Red to that color. Um Though, yeah, I think red red to me is the top of the pile as far as all eight of its all eight of red's commanders are um, ha- are g- genuinely interesting. Yeah, uh, I would love for someone to challenge me in my life to that is playing Rogak and Sakashima of the Thousand Faces. That's that that is what I'm looking <laughs> looking forward to at some point. 
Yeah, yeah, that's Cobalt Tribal. Uh, Tago, Goblin Weaponsmith is the last red card. Two and a red. Legendary creature, Goblin Artificer. Whenever land enters the battlefield under your control, create a colorless equipment artifact token named Rock. With equipped creature has one tap, sacrifice Rock. This creature deals two damage to any target. Equip one. Do we know, before I get into how much I love Rock tokens, do we know where Togo is from? Is this a character we've heard of? Or Okay. Yes, it, yeah, he's from Dominaria. I gotta read you some of his classic okay. flavor texts. Um, let me just bring it bring it up real quick. But Tago uh, is quoted. Tago's quoted all over the onslaught block. So he's from Otaria, um, and he's quoted on things such as, um, uh, "I love lightning. It is my best invention since rock." Uh, he also says, uh, "On that's on the card okay. shock." He was on. Uh, pinpoint avalanche saying some some solve problems by thinking and talking others use rocks tago goblin weaponsmith got it on flowstone crusher it says what's better than smashing things with a rock a rock that gets up and smashes things for you is that um and then there's actually a callback to tago in time spiral block on the card fire fright mage which is a goblin spell shaper and the flavor text says after a millennia of advancement in goblin military theory Tago the sixth realized that almost everyone is afraid of fire. Mm, okay, okay. So after Tago claimed to invent lightning and rock, his six-time great-grandson in- invented nice. fire. <laughs> so, so I love clues, foods, and treasures. And I've thought, like, you know, if you want to take each of those as representing one of the colors, like, I think you can do so. Uh, I guess treasures are kind of red. Oh, no, no, sorry. Treasures are green. Food is white. And I realized that they didn't really follow this is where they felt in colors. And like white is is uh, uh, or clues are blue. But I felt like there's always like a damage token. But the problem is, I think just like sacrifice this due to damage to a thing might be too good. I would love if rock way too good equipment tokens just like had a set where they were a thing. That was everywhere. Just like, uh, like, honestly, I, I'm really hoping Kaldheim has rock tokens as just like a thing, because like you'll have like white can use them as equipment. You'll have maybe some artificers that get to use just like the artifact token existing. You have some people that want to do damage to this stuff, maybe, and just like have them be these versatile tokens that you can have. I think they're sweet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like they could totally do this um, because rock does sort of fit with that that um with clue and food which were both like two tap and sacrifice this to get the thing well rock cast one to equip and then one and tap the creature and sacrifice the rock to get the shot so it does line up really well with it and it's very obvious like you grok immediately what rock is like that an equipped creature picks it up and then taps itself to right, throw right. the rock it's very like, like everything about it is very flavorful and generic like everything could pick up a rock this all makes sense to me the same way like everyone eats food rock is the original weapon of every intelligent race right well (laughs) the the first elves picked up rocks the first humans picked up rocks like everybody picks up a rock and smashes and and like it's Um, and like it's an equipment which is different than what it's like different than what the other ones are doing i think it would just be really like even if it's not kaldheim i would love for a set to exist if any wizards of coast employees are listening to this podcast for uh just well maybe if they go to muraganda the primitive plane that could be something on rock right Uh, so uh tago himself i i think tago is also really mm -hmm. exciting um landfall create a piece of trash 
is uh, already cool. Like, bring it on. Like, it means Tago is like the red uh, tireless tracker mm-hmm. in a way. But um, there are obviously a lot of decks that care about equipment. So being able to create a bunch of equipments that you can then throw on a creature that cares about being equipped. Um, well, like, like Tago, Tago, Tago and Arden, which we talked about earlier, like, kind of have, like, fireball combo. <laughs> like, just like... Uh-huh. I guess oh, you have you have to tap. It's not if it gets tapped though, so you'd have to tap each time. So you you make a pinger, I guess, out of it. So it's not right. as exciting. Damn. But you but you can like you like in those two together, um, you can uh shift all of them onto uh like obviously guys like um uh Val or weaponsmith the, gets plus two plus two for every equipment equi- attached mm-hmm. to it or yeah. Uh, there's the Heavenly Blade Master, which is another. So creating a bunch of rock tokens and then casting Heavenly Blade Master is a, a pretty big deal. Tago also combos with Kodama of the East Tree to allow you to just barf all of the lands in your hand onto the battlefield. Okay. Um, uh, because uh, Kodama triggers whenever an artif- whenever a permanent enters the battlefield, so a rock is created, and the rock says you may play something that. Uh, costs zero from your hand, so you can play a land, which will trigger to make a rock, so you Got can play it. a land. That's cool. Which will trigger to make a rock, so you can play a land. Um, so then if you have something that's triggering off lands entering the battlefield to draw you cards, like Nissa Vital Forces Ultimate, you could theoretically just rock and land and rock mm-hmm. and land and rock and land until you stop drawing lands. That's really cool. Yeah, I think like... And, and and if people remember, like, Oko was so good, one of the reasons it was really powerful is that just, like, like artifact decks were playing it. Because just making a, as you said, piece of trash every turn, there are just enough things that want to just have an artifact in play. You know, like, turn on Metalcraft, be able to use these, the tap to do a thing, be able to do this with that. So the fact that he, like, is making these artifact tokens, growing your artifact count is a very useful thing to have and be available. And then... Like the fact that it what it does is cool and versatile and equipment next. Yeah, I think it's like a really cool card type. I I, I would love to see more of this. Um, on to green. Uh, and then we have and then so we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight cards to go through. I think we want to be a little bit quicker here because we are running long. But Anara, Wolvid, Familiar, three and a green, Wolf Beast, four, four. As long as it's your turn, commanders you control of indestructible. Uh I'm pretty down on it. Yep. Um I mean Yeah, whatever. it does what it does. Yeah, nothing other than like I guess you can play this as some sort of like board wipes deck or whatever, but I'm not I'm not too impressed. Um, Gil Gilanra, Caller of Wirewood, two and a green for a one two elf druid. Tap to add green when you spend this mana to cast a spell with a convert mana cost of six or greater. Draw a card. I'm, um, apparently it's really good and limited, but I don't. Uh, I don't yeah. care. Thumbs down with the writer of this is good in a specific type of deck. It doesn't do anything different or exciting that I'm able to explain to you that you can't understand by reading the card. Uh, it's cool. Halana uh, Kessig Ranger, three and a green reach. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, you may pay two. When you do that, creature deals damage equal to its power to target creature, partner, three, four. Um, other than the fact that, like, me as the rest of the uh, internet definitely shipped Elena and Halana together, I'm thumbs down from a play. It's like so mana hungry for fighting, which is always bad. <laughs> yeah well it's cool that it's not fight that bite, the one thing right. i should point out is it's not fight it's the good version of fight so yeah i mean i'm i would imagine halana is great in commander legends uh draft like if you're wanting green like constant kill spells for two mana feels real great um but 
I think she leaves some to be desired for it. But I bet she could show up in the 99 of some commander decks. Like, I definitely want to try her out in uh, my Kogla deck because she's a human that allows sure. extra fights. I like, I, and I might try her in Marath just because, like, fighting with cards like Boris Reckoner or stuff like that have its potential. I just, like, I had a few of them in there, other fight cards. And every time I'm like, oh, this card's not that good. Fighting is still not like, I don't know, even if it's biting, it's not that great. And the fact that it's not fight has its problem. I don't know. I'm, I'm off of it. Itch, itch, Tekic Salvage Splicer, four and a green human artificer, one, one. When itch, Tekic Salvage Splicer enters the battlefield, create a three, three colorless golem artifact creature token. Whenever an artifact is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on itch tick and a plus one, plus one counter on each golem you control. Partner, uh, this is... A, a, they're in New Phyrexia, there was a uh, uh, draft strategy and a, a key feature that there were a bunch of splicers that made three threes. Um, famous and modern is uh, 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 the the first strike one. The three mana first strike makes a three three. All golems have first strike. Yeah. Uh, claw splicer. No, it's not claw splicer. Like blade splicer. Blade splicer. Um, just because we got a lot of it's like a four mana three three first striker that you can bounce or do cool things with or sacrifice and still get a benefit. Um, I'm actually. Other than that, this is like a green artifact tribal card, which is pretty rare. I'm I'm relatively thumbs down, so I'm letting you go if you have a thumbs up. Itch to Keck makes me think a lot of Nadir from earlier in that they both have a lot of text going on in their text box. And Itch to Keck, for example, triggers only whenever any artifact is to put into any graveyard. So this kind of encourages to play like artifact removal is good in commander everyone's playing mana rocks mana rocks are are good for you to play so everyone is playing them so playing into some of green's artifact destruction spells um and knowing that you're going to get to like pump up your team when you're destroying other people's soul rings and stuff uh feels cool and i i'm also interested in seeing itch to keck with armix the uh filigree smasher just because he he is a golem so it'd be cool to kind of uh roll roll them into one another i i wish like white has all the white and blue have the really good splicers and so i wish there was like a, a better partner for itch to keck to allow him to allow you to I play would, all i would the, be significantly the splicers hyped if this was one of the original or if this was like i would hope that in the future we get partner uh an ally color partner an additional allied color partner option and i would love a blue white version of this uh to go with this maybe so you have those that does golem some yes yeah, so you could do like way. a bant splicer yeah. bol- golem deck which would be really cool because like yeah the green ones are there are some good green ones i think there were like three like i think it was in those go- white green and blue were the main three colors it was mostly in uh, bant yeah i think it was bant is where the splicers um, were um but currently, if you want to play Bant Golems, you have to play with Ishai, which is Ishai is not a bad commander, but it doesn't do anything for this um, play style that Itch to Kek wants you to play. But so I, I don't think this card is uh, bonkers by any means, but it does. It, it is a interesting commander that plays in a new space for, for yep. green. Um, so that is that is like one statement kind of following up on that. I think that this more like I understand why they didn't do the two color allied color pairs as additional options, but like you have two options per enemy color combo, but because you don't have two colors for allies, it just means that there's like weird color combos that are not that good or they're like they're very, very specific. And I do wish we had two options per color combo 
to go along with these. And these make me want it more. Like there's been a bunch of times where like, oh, I could make a cool Mardu deck. Oh, no, because then it's just another Mar like all the white cards. I was like, oh, but then it's just a like a a, a Mardu with um, Vile Smasher, which like I don't need a five Vile Smasher decks or like I want to do here. I wish I could do a blue white one. There are multiple times we've talked like, oh, I would do blue white this. And I was like, oh, no, that's not going to work. You know, like so I, I wish there was a little bit better options in green, white, black, white, blue, white. Blue black. Yeah. I don't even remember what the blue black one is. Was it what is the blue black one? Blue black one is oh, Silas, Silas Ren. Ren, right? And then which is like also kind and, of and Silas Ren's not Silas so bad. Silas is great, but it's like, specific. Silas Ren could probably be and like Itch to Keck could be cool with Tago, right? Because you're sacrificing rocks all the time and you're making rocks, so your Gullum and Itch to Keck are getting bigger. So I, I think there's a, a couple of fun partner pairings you can do with Itch to Keck. Um so I, I like I don't think this guy is going to be destroying any local tables, but I, I think he does something cool and I'll be interested to mm -hmm. brew around him. Come. Uh, the next is Kamal Heart of Crosaw, six green green human druid five five at the beginning of combat on your turn. Creatures you control get plus three plus three and gain trample until end of turn. And then he also has one and a green until end of turn target land you control becomes a one one elemental creature with vigilance indestructible and haste is still the one a land. thing i'm sad is that they got rid of kamal's ability to eat other people's lands which i understand why they did that <laughs> but uh i think i think that was an unintended consequence of uh the fist of krosa yes well and and um, and like now that kamal can just pair off with a black deck right like you can have those colors together it's like you can guarantee have like him and something that gives minus one minus one to something or whatever so I, I like the world is better that kamal can't do that but uh yeah you yeah. know a man can dream of doing mean things as it is though this this kamal is really strong and might be one of the objectively strongest of the partners because you basically get to start with what's essentially a kind of crater hoof in your mm -hmm. command zone I mean, he costs a lot, but he's in the right color to cost a lot. He's an entire army in a can, so even if you don't have much going on, the following turn you will have a lot mm -hmm. going on. Um, and his ability activates the turn you cast him, so sometimes you just cast him as overrun and you win the game. Or you cast him and you give him haste, and he pumps himself, so he's an 8-8 with trample. Ugh, like... Uh, Kamal's gonna kill a lot yeah, and there's of there's there's a few uh I guess there's two commanders or three so you can play Kamal with Elena um which then gets Kamal out real quick uh you can play we mentioned playing him with Tevishat so you can use Tevishat's ultimate to put Kamal into play though they don't work otherwise well and and then he gives all of the thralls you made with Tevishat plus three plus three which makes them all three four tramplers which is really good um, and then I guess you could play with Galanra, right? That's the other mana producing, um, partner right. commander. I mean, I think it's interesting. You can combine him with any of the, any of the, uh, commanders who make tokens. Mm -hmm. So Tana or Nadir, even itch to Keck again. Um, like just filling up the board with dudes to then get pumped with when Kamal comes down. Uh, yeah, pretty gnarly. Anyway. Definitely. Yep. Uh, Kadama of the East Street. Four green, green, legendary creature spirit. Six, six, reach. When another permanent enters the battlefield under your control, if it wasn't put onto the battlefield with this ability, you may put a permanent card with equal or lesser converted mana cost from your hand onto the battlefield. Um, this card's going to ruin my day 
So can I <laughs> thumbs up? So, so the the funny thing about this card is I love that there's like so many gags on it. Like it's a Kodama with reach, great, <laughs> <laughs> and it combos with Kodama's reach. Because um, if you have Kodama the East Tree in play and you cast Kodama's Reach, you get to search your deck for a land, put it in your hand, search your deck for a land, put it onto the battlefield, which triggers Kodama the East Tree, so you get to put that land you just got into the battlefield. Um, okay, I, that's cool. So, I like that. Like, I feel like that's that's the gag when they created it. It was like, oh, what if Kodama triggered off of its own Kodama's Reach and it was a Kodama that had Reach, huh? Are there... Um, are there- but then I think he's also just sort of Is there silly a West good. Tree or a North Tree or a South Tree? Or is this the first? There are yes, there are there is there are five total Kodamas. Four of them now have been made. Oh, okay, okay. So there's Kodama Kodama of the North Tree was the only one that saw any play. Oh, yes, four of the five have been made. Kodama of the North Tree is a six four with trample that has um, shroud for five. So um, so it was the one that saw play in like green stompy decks because a five mana six four trampler that can't be targeted. Um, then there was Kodama of the South Tree, which had a Spirit Craft trigger. It didn't matter. And then Kodama of the Center Tree was a Spirit Tribal Mono Green. I mean, they're they're all pretty bad. Kodama of the East Tree is the the first uh, real good one, but we do not have a Kodama of the West Tree. So one of these days, Wizards, you're going to make got Kodama it. the West Tree. I'm so watching. We got, we got I'm ready. The original for one it. had North, Center, and South, and we now have East, and there will eventually be a West. Got it. Yes. Cool. And on a long enough timeline, when we go back to Kodama, to Kamigawa in the year 2070, they will have Kodama of the Northeast Tree. Was that a joke, or do you know? <laughs> and the Southwest you know the thing? Tree. So small, small, well, I, weird, I, well, weird. Not leaks, but like they were a. Uh, they did a. It was a. a, a, a what's it called? Like a, a market, market research, research thing, thing I think. where they showed concept art for like Matrix esque cyber hack uh kamigawa future kamigawa where it like is like more artificery kamigawa block that um has since become more and more like cyberpunk more kamigawa. and more uh confirmed to be like a thing um so we'll see it's a possible future but so that might be happening uh, i my understanding is that we're getting we're getting over they figured out a way to make kamigawa too which makes sense. It sounds dope. I'm, I'm so down. down. And that's where that's where the West Tree is going to be. It's going to be real old. It'll be like the only one that's left. Um, that's just such Ooh, a cool yeah. story idea. I'm taking what Kamigawa was, which is like such a nature focused world. And then adding the layer of like and making it the cyberpunk. cyberpunk cities on top of that. And like the fight between they kind of do that in Avatar Legend of Korra. Spoilers for that now. Uh, but eventually, like the spirit world starts encroaching on the regular world. Um, ooh, very and, coming. And at that point, like they're in like 1920s city steampunky kind of world, so it's like similar, it, and it's cool. It's a cool uh, issue that they had to deal with. Um, next card, Numa Draga Chieftain, two and a green elf warrior, two two. At the beginning of combat on your turn, you may pay XX when you do distribute X plus one plus one counters among target any target any number of target elves. Uh, the fact that you have this is probably the best green option to pair with Mira of the elf partners is the only thing that really jumps out to me or Nadir. He he, he actually has a, some combo potential with Nadir. So I'm sure if you're drafting black green elves, um, you, you like Numa with Nadir or, uh, yeah. Miara, 
But Numa on on his own, I mean, it's a you're asking a lot of mana, two two mana per plus one plus one counter, and only at the beginning of combat. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's all right. Yeah, I think but... I think I think uh, he exists purely. Like he will see tons of play because he is the yes. best commander option with partner for black green elves because the other one is yes. the one that cares about the converted mana cost being six or greater which is like okay in elves but which is like, like kind of whatever. whatever and is a three yeah. mana land or elf so and this is a better mana yeah. sink it's cool that numa is a spout for all that mana you're going to be making right. when you're playing right. elf ball so because sometimes you have all the mana and nothing to cast it on and numa's like could I offer you some plus one plus one counters? And you're like, yeah. okay, yeah, sure. And you can like do all the things you're going to do, begin a combat, be like, you know what? I have 10 minute left over. Give five counters to creatures I control. And there are some elves that really, really love that. And you go to town. Um, Slurk all ingesting. Five and a green. Legendary creature ooze. Slurk all ingesting enters the battlefield with five plus one plus one counters on it. When Slurk or another creature you control dies, if it had a plus one plus one counter on it, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control that has a plus one plus one counter on it. Um... Thumbs up. Uh, eventually, we'll uh, maybe uh, when we do all the gold cards, we'll have Michael on because uh, his deck that he built for the command fest that we did the video on that that uh, uh, I had the Silas Run Rebecca deck. He had Slurk and Rayhan. Um, it was a plus one plus one counters theme deck. And Great it, and pairing. It, like, yeah, Slurk Slurk and Rayhan seemed like they're made. made it was for very each other. scary. Uh, he did. He. Um, he didn't get to actually get the combo of his two commanders online, um, but. Black green plus one plus one counters is a legit threat yep. in commander. It can it can get real big real fast. And and the fact that they work together because it like they both care about them dying. So you start like doubling up the counters that you're putting on things is really cool. It's also once again in a color that doesn't care too much that it's six mana. And um yeah, it's really good. Uh it's cool it's cool to have another legendary ooze that um will definitely interact well with all the other oozes ever printed mm -hmm. in magic. So Slurk is also um, kind of covering those bases yep. too. Um, and there's a lot of plus one, plus one counter themes in the set. So Slurk pairs with quite a lot of the other uh, partner commanders from right. this set really yep. well. And just a generically and decent Michael's dude. list, uh, we have, uh, I think we probably can post all four deck lists from our video that were there in this video so that you can, you can see yeah. it. The Michael's list is below. It's really cool. Um, and 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 scary and that is it for today we have now covered every every one of the partner commanders from this set that are new uh i guess last question Whew, i know a lot, a lot of, them. of last them. question for you marshall Wh who is your favorite original partner commander my favorite original i mean it's probably timna i mean she is so good but she also just most consistently like i i feel like what she's doing is she's very fair but very mm -hmm, good mm -hmm. just like um, drawing three cards a turn if you can make it happen is good enough to be great yep i think that's fair yeah i think i think she's probably my I think, favorite i think it, it's like her silas run which i've never had a deck before this now which i really like because i didn't like any of the other things pairing with him i didn't want to do four color um which really like the how he was built uh was to be like a brea deck style deck and brea's better um yeah, like partner him with Akiri. Yeah. I think he came in the deck with Akiri. I really and like Bruce. Tana too. I, I, yeah, I think I think I'm with you. I think it's Tinma and 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 Silas Ren to me are maybe my two favorite. Cool. Um, 
So yeah. uh, thank you so much for being on today. Uh, thank you, listeners, for listening to the whole uh, partner review. We got through all of them. It was a whole ordeal. Make sure whole make sure to check out bang. the hot take. It comes out on Friday, and it's about um, uh, mind theft. And if you like that or don't like that in Commander and, and where that falls on like the scale of like unfun things people do in Commander, um, make sure to check out last week's hot take. Uh, last week's episode also uh, check out the 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 um, tonight uh, we will be releasing our commander live stream every Monday night at 730 PSD you can find the podcast at the Uncast. I'm at Kess Wiley everywhere we stream at Kess Wiley or Kess Wiley on Twitch Marshall where can people find you I'm at Marsh Unfocused on And then the, the last thing we want to bring up is that there's a new opportunity. Uh, so Marshall runs the producing company that makes the podcast. Um, oh, and yeah. So can- uh, we are Time Traveler Media, a independent, homegrown podcasting and video casting company. And we are looking to expand our roster. So if you have skills in video and audio editing and... Obviously, you listen to this podcast, you know about magic. We are looking for you. So please reach out to me. Uh, you can shoot me an email, marshall at timetravelermedia.com, or you can find me on the Twitter, again, at marshunfocused. Perfect. So, yeah, you can help make the Badgers Masters of Modern podcast happen. All of this business. Help make your favorite Damn. content. Uh, yeah. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. Hope you guys like that. And we'll, and we'll, and what we do want to see if you can comment below, we'd love to hear um, what combo you're most excited by and what you're going to be building. Um, I think we asked other questions. Yeah. There are 1400, there are 1485 possible partner commander pairings now. So which of the 1485 are your and, favorites? And, you know, going through this episode, I realized that I'm going to build a Tevish that Tormod deck. Didn't know that beforehand, but uh, I love myself a blood guest. And I'm excited to make bloodgas.tech. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you guys uh, next week. (laughs) This has been a production of Time Traveler Media, sending podcasts into the future.